Bulletcast. For life. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Under the Radar. My name is Brandon Tanguma, and on today's episode, we're going to be running down the latest episode of NXT, as well as a preview for the Worlds Collide event on Saturday. So let's just jump right into it. After a few long episodes of Under the Radar, this one should be pretty short. Not a lot of news going on this past weekend, so... Let's jump on into the NXT report on January 15th, 2020. As always, it is in a full sale university. And not as always, we had just Mauro Ranallo and Beth Phoenix on commentary. Nigel McGuinness was still over there in the UK taking a much-needed vacation. So we start the show off with a graphic of In Memory of Rocky Johnson. And I don't think we're going to talk about this on the Bullet Cast, but on Raw, they ran a beautiful... Uh, little tribute to Rocky Johnson, the King did a nice little intro, since the King obviously has some history with Rocky down in Memphis, so that was a good, good touch by WWE. So we go see some highlights from last week's show, also some stuff from TakeOver Blackpool 2, where Undisputed Era jumped the ring and attacked Imperium to close the show. Keith Lee comes out, the number one contender to the North American Championship, his shot for the championship against Roger Strong will take place tomorrow on Wednesday. He soaked in the chance and adulation from the crowd. Then he said, Achievement, unlock the spectrum before. You in the ring is your number one contender. He acknowledged the Undisputed Era has had a great 2019, but the end of their 2019 was arguably the greatest of anyone except for maybe, and here lies the difference. He said, Undisputed Era has reached their peak while Keith Lee is limitless. See what he did there, because that's a catchphrase. So, the Undisputed Era comes out, and they bring all four of the members down to the ring. Adam Cole asked if Keith Lee has actually seen what they've done to everyone, and then the four jumped him. Keith took control for a little bit, but then the numbers started to catch up to him. Roderick Strong had a chair and wrapped his le- wrapped Keith Lee leg around it, so kind of, you know, like the people do it with the neck, put the ankle in the chair, and then they stomped on it. Tommaso Ciampa comes out to the ring to make the save, get a daddy's home chant. The announcers sell Keith Lee's injury, and Lee was selling it. Could barely stand up, but he was able to get up at the very end, but definitely hobbled on that leg. So, uh, he and Ciampa had a moment after the match, or after the segment, and then they previewed that, or they announced that at TakeOver Portland, Johnny Gargano will face Finn Balor. Tegan Knox was interviewed outside the arena earlier in the day. She had words against Dakota Kai, and Candice LeRae jumped into frame to hug Tegan, excited to see that she is back and that she missed her. The Women's Battle Royal is going to be later on tonight. It is the main event with 13 women on the graphic, but uh, there were definitely a lot more than that. We get the first match of the show. Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle, the Broserweights, taking on Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster in the first round of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. This match goes 18 minutes and 19 seconds, and the Broserweights get the victory after Dunne and Andrews both tag in. Dunne hit an Instaguri on a seated Andrews, but Andrews hit a stunner to counter the X-Plex. The other guys uh, got into it on the outside. Shooting star press from Andrews got trapped 
then we get a tandem flash knee finisher from the Broser White. So very good match, high impact, high paced. And I don't know if I would say I like this better than the opening tag match from AEW. I'd much rather have just two-on-two -two regular tag matches. I'm not the biggest fan of the Fatal 4-Way or the Triple Threat tag matches, especially since there's only two men in the ring at one time. I always just find it really awkward how they do those tags to try to get the other teams in when they're not the team in the ring currently. So I would maybe give the little bit of the edge to the NXT match here. This was a very good match. Definitely recommend you guys to go check that out. And Baron Corbin was tweeting during the show about, you know, spot, 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 basically de downgrading. I believe he was talking about the AEW match, but uh, that exact same time or a little bit later because the AEW match kicked off the show. This one started you know, 10 minutes into the first hour, but both shows kind of had a very similar match to start off the show. Uh, Riddle danced and act like a dork like always, and then Dunn kind of smirked, but didn't join and kind of gave a little shoulder shrug. So, you know, kind of the odd couple tag team right now. A very good match, as I said. So we get a rundown of the Imperium Undisputed Era thing at TakeOver. Uh, we get a quick little Walter promo after the fact. Uh, it was basically all in... I don't even know what it's called, Austrian. Well, I don't even know what the hell uh, language they speak. But anyways, uh, Kathy Kelly let us know that Keith Lee ha is being attended by the medical personnel, and this leaves his match next week up in the air. Tommaso Ciampa then entered the ring, and he said that it's clear that the Undisputed Era has a hit list. He does too, and Adam Cole was on the top of his hit list. He said when Adam Cole took Goldie, he took his life. He needs it back, and he's taking back his life. Unispedera strolled down to the ring just like earlier. Numbers caught up to uh, whatever his name is, Tommaso Ciampa. Very similar to what happened earlier on in the show. But then Johnny Gargano's music plays and he makes the save. The ring was cleared and Johnny Gargano and Ciampa were the only ones in the ring. A DIY chant uh, is playing, or there's a DIY chant and they, uh, yeah, they do the little DIY finisher to, I believe it was uh, Bobby Fish. Don't quote me on that, but they, they did a little corner-to-corner -corner DIY finisher, so that was a nice little moment. Uh, so yes, they continue to hype the Women's Battle Royal and the main event, and the Time Splitters and the Grizzled Young Vets are coming up next. A graphic of a tweet sent by Trent Seven teased a match between Mustache Mountain and DIY for Worlds Collide. We're going to get to that in a little bit. Next up, at the in-between the top of the first hour and the beginning of the second hour, we had the Time Splitters, Alex Shelley and Kushida, take on the grizzled young veterans, Zach Gibson and James Drake, in the first round of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. In the end, the grizzled young veterans get the win at 11 minutes and 55 seconds. Uh, chaos from all four took place. The faces took control of the hot crowd, cheered them on. Kushida tagged in and went to the top rope, but Gibson tossed him over the top, and the grizzled young veterans isolated Shelly and hit him with their finisher for the win. So Shelly takes the pinfall here, kind of a sign that maybe he's not long for NXT. This was just kind of a, a fun one-off, which is kind of sad. I kind of liked Kushida and Alex Shelley together. They didn't exact. I don't think they actually said the time splitters like by name. They just called them Alex Shelley and Kushida. But with the tag team division the way it is in NXT right now, that they desperately need tag teams, and that's why I kind of wanted some more tag teams to be built up uh, with NXT and NXT UK just going head to head. Like it's good with the Worlds Collide tournament coming up, 
but if you just look, you have Pete Dunne and uh, Matt Riddle as just a makeshift. You have the time splitters who aren't going to be together, and then you have some like some other teams that you know, the Forgotten Sons, and um, I'm completely blanking on who the other tag team that they that they put in there for the regular NXT is. But I mean, I mean that's it. So the Forgotten Sons, Undisputed Era, Time Splitters, and the Broserweights. So and two of those teams, I mean. The Forgotten Sons are nobodies. They're not going to really challenge for the tag team titles. The Bros are weights. I mean, maybe there will be a tag team later on down the line. And then the Time Splitters are... It seems as though they're not going to be doing anything because Halleck Shelley took the pinfall. And they're not really going to build them up as much. And then the Ice Bridge Air, they're the tag team champs. So they can't face each other. So... Got to stay tuned and see what they do with the tag team division. Kind of in a doldrum right now. So I think the... Undisputed is definitely going to hold on to those for a little while. Because I don't really see any other team deserving or, you know, getting hot enough to uh, take those titles from them. We get uh, Kushida and Shelly wanted to shake the hands of the Grizzled Young Vets, but they bailed and they said that they derailed their reunion tour on their first stop. He said the Splitters are a great tag team, uh, but he said the Grizzled Young Veterans are going to be the Dusty Rhodes Classic Champions. Earlier on in the day, Chelsea Green and Robert Stone were outside. Stone said the crowd would have to wait to see the hottest free agent in NXT. And he said that Green will not be in the Battle Royal tonight. The graphic was updated to remove Green from the Battle Royal. Up next was a triple threat number one contendership match. But first, we had a Finn Balor vignette. He said that Ilya Dragunov was like him. He's fast, smart, furious. He sees belief. He sees that Ilya... Ilya I don't even... I'm just gonna... Dragunov. That's a lot easier to say, even though it's a much longer name. Believes he belongs in the ring with Finn. Finn says Dragunov comes at him, and he better not miss. Very just straightforward. And I kind of talked about this last week with NXT and the Worlds Collide. It's very confusing because they're just not only trying to introduce and get people connected to the regular NXT talent, but now they're also trying to build up and introduce you to the NXT UK talent. And this was fine, but it was just like Finn Balor talking about somebody else, and you would think that they want to build up the Finn Balor-Johnny Gargano feud, but right now, Gargano's kind of doing his own thing with Tommaso Ciampa, now Finn Balor's doing his thing with Dragunov because of the World's Collide tournament, or the World's Collide event. It's okay. Uh, Angel Garza joined the broadcast team for the next match and kind of flirted with Beth Phoenix a little bit and did his thing. So the next match, Tyler Breeze, Leo Rush, and Isaiah Swerve Scott for the number one contendership match of the Cruiserweight Championship. And uh, they fight... And then Isaiah Swerve Scott gets the win at 13 minutes and 18 seconds. This isn't a complete number one contendership match. This will be the winner will join Angel Garza and two members of NXT UK in a four-way match to settle to determine who will be the Cruiserweight Championship. So we're going to go down the whole card and you're going to see who will also be in this match. But Isaiah Swerve Scott gets the win, and this was kind of the right finish, I would say. Tyler Breeze kind of been there, done that, don't exactly want to see him I don't know if you want to like drag down the cruiserweight division if as much as they already have been, because the cruiserweight's been kind of defined down, and then you put Tyler Breeze, who's been defined down so much. Even though he's great in NXT, but I don't know if you really if you're trying to build the cruiserweight division. I don't think you really want to put Tyler Breeze in that situation. Leo Rush kind of more been there, done that. You can go back to it, but I think they're trying to move in a different direction. That's where they pick Scott. 
I've been singing his praises for a long time. I'm glad to see that he finally has gotten an opportunity. He gets the win, and now he's going to be on a semi-big stage. It's not a takeover uh, match or a you know takeover event by any means. And I think the tickets have kind of shown that the Worlds Collide concept isn't as over as a takeover would be, maybe just because the... Houston isn't the hottest area for NXT and NXT UK, so they don't really know a whole lot. I, I don't know, but I definitely understand that a takeover would be a much bigger draw than a world, a first-ever Worlds Collide event. Garza sta- So after the match, Garza stared down Swerve from the announcer's table, and then Marl promoted the upcoming four-way. Rhea Ripley talked to Kathy Kelly backstage. She said that she's gone through Tony Storm, who tried to cut the line. And she said that she'll go through the winner of tonight's Battle Royal. And the nightmare is just beginning. Beth said that the Battle Royal will be next. And then coming back from the commercial break, Kathy Kelly attempted to get a word with Johnny Gargano outside. But Ciampa showed up and thanked Johnny for earlier. And the two agreed to the match with Mustache Mountain for old time's sake. So that match is going to be absolutely insane. Undisputed Era looked to jump them, but then Keith Lee came into view and then pounced and just completely took out, I think it was like, it was either, I think it was like a security guard because security was trying to hold back uh, Undisputed and DIY, but Keith Lee just absolutely just yeeted somebody, and it was amazing, into the bushes. And then uh, he destroyed some security guys and threw them on a car hood, broke a nice Mustang. Poor Mustang, didn't deserve that. But then, uh, so Keith Lee yelled, and he was angry, and he said, next week at Roderick Strong. So they're definitely building up this match for tomorrow. Roderick Strong, Keith Lee. I kept. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I think you just put the title on Keith Lee. He's super over. You've already done the whole prophecy thing. They finished it up at the end of the year, so you can don't. You're not tied to it. If they were tied to it in the beginning, just give the title to Keith Lee. Have a babyface champion. I know you have Rhea Ripley, but a men's babyface champion to really switch some things up in the division. Then. We get the Battle Royal, the number one contendership for the Women's Championship. There were a lot of entrants in here. Some of them got uh, entrances, and but most of them, a majority of them took place during the commercial break. So the people who came out uh, at the beginning of the commercial break, we get Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Bianca Belair, Casey Catanzaro making her return. Nice to see her back, and Mercedes Martinez. Then we come, uh, we go to the commercial break where a lot of the PC performers, you know, a lot of the Lesser known wrestlers come out, and then we get to Io Shirai, Tegan Knox, and then we thought the match was going to start, but no, Shayna Baszler was introduced as one last surprise, and maybe I think it was up to 18 women in the ring at the exact same time. So Shayna Baszler, a good surprise. And uh, I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing. I think this is just kind of a one-off, maybe a little nod that you will be at the Royal Rumble as a surprise. But uh, the wrestlers paired off early, and this match was really, really slow at the beginning. Overall, the match went 22 minutes and 49 seconds. So uh, let's see if we can go to the final four. Uh, the original final, well, there was a spot where uh, Shotzi was supposed to be eliminated, but she actually wasn't. And there was also a spot where Tegan Knox gets eliminated by Dakota Kai, but Dakota Kai was not in the match, so continuing on with that feud, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox definitely going to want to see that one. Uh, so as I said, Shotzi gets, you thought she gets eliminated, but Marwanala definitely said that she wasn't. And she kind of stayed on the outside for a long period of time, taking the uh, Roman Reigns break 
on the outside. And Shayna Baszler dumps... Let's see if I can try to get this right. So the final four, except for Shashi. So technically the final five, but Shashi was still in the ring, is Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, Tegan Knox, and Shayna Baszler. They did the good old spot where all four women are in the corner at the same time. Knox went up to splash Shirai, but she, and she took down everyone with running elbows. In the corner, Biel and, Bla- and Baszler and Belair say that five times fast, then cannonballed on each other or whatever. Morrow said Dakota Kai was conspicuous by her absence, and then Knox chokeslammed Shirai on the top. Baszler, Belair tried to spear Knox, but hit Baszler. Knox had Baszler on the apron, but Belair unintentionally saved the shiniest wizard on Belair. Knox went up for the turnbuckle again, but then this is when Dakota Kai ran out to yank Tegan Knox off the turnbuckle and eliminate her. I always, I never like that spot where the someone on the outside who's not in the ring eliminates somebody in a battle royal. It doesn't make any sense why would somebody who's not in the match be able to eliminate somebody? It's just I'm a stickler for the rules, and that just doesn't make any sense. But anyways, I guess if it's just no matter by hook or by crook, if you go over the top or open touch the floor, you're out. Baszler, okay, so moving on, we get Baszler working over Belair and Shariah, then Shotzi Blackheart stormed back into the ring to eliminate Shayna to a huge pop, but then Shotzi was just celebrating for a damn near felt like two minutes, looking like a complete idiot with her back, you know, back towards the ring, so definitely in a prime position to get dumped out, and then Bianca Belair dumps her out, as she should have. I mean, I love uh, Shotzi, but I mean, come on, girl. Y- y- you're better than that. Y- you shouldn't have done that, but anyway, she got what she deserved, I guess. Then Bianca, but I don't think this means that we're going to get a Shotzi Blackheart uh, Shayna Baszler match. I think this was just a one-off and if this is a good sign for Shotzi. They're definitely giving her, you know, they gave her the, the Shayna Baszler elimination, which if somebody had to do it, you think that they're going to get a big rub from it. And I think Shotzi definitely would have, out of all the women that were currently in the match, except for maybe Tegan Knox, she definitely gained the most from it because she's not that established. So good to see that they're giving her something. Maybe this is going to be, you know, she's going to lay on the back burner for a little bit and then maybe come back later. The final two was Io Shirai and Bianca Belair. Technically two heels, I would guess, but definitely Io Shirai is more over and the crowd is behind her. They met at the center of the ring and Belair overpowered Shirai. She tossed her by her hair a couple times and she attempted to powerbomb Shirai out, but then Shirai blocked it, hit a 619 Shirai did, and then Shirai goes up but gets caught by a crossbody and a fallaway slam by Belair. Belair got dropped to the second turnbuckle and blah, 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 blah. So then back into the ring, the two exchanged blows from their knees. The crowds were mostly for Io. Uh, Io hit a basement dropkick, and the crowd was chanting her name. Belair uh, speared Shirai. Shirai grabbed her hair and then hit a German suplex. Double knees in the corner. Belair countered a fireman's carry and lifted up Io to hit the KOD on Io on the outside. Absolutely nasty bump by Io. She just goes, flips over the top, and I... Maybe she hit her head on the ground, but it definitely was close to all that hair. It's kind of hard to exactly determine what happened, but very good battle royal. Definitely was slow early on up until the first commercial break. It was really slow, but then it got good late when all the suitable contenders you can definitely see win it. It definitely got good late. I think it also kind of hurt because there's so many women at the ring in the same time, so it was kind of hard to really get a story going or get some spots and moves and really focus on one thing because there's so much action going on at one time. But with so many women in the ring, it shows that there are 
at least enough bodies, it seems, to continue on with the women's division. I think there were some women out there, like I think Deanna Perrazzo. There are some other women out there who have namesake and who could wrestle. They haven't used them yet. I mean, obviously, I talk about Shotzi. Shotzi's out there. She can be a babyface. Don't know what her heel persona is like, but I think she could be a good heel as well if she wants to go up against Rhea. But the thing with Rhea... With her being a babyface right now, she's so much bigger, it seems like, as the other women. It's going to be hard and difficult, I think, to really put sympathy on her. So that's why I think later on down the line, you can I can predict, maybe not predict, but I can see them doing a Rhea Ripley heel turn later on down the line. So after the match, uh, Bianca Belair was celebrating, and Morrow promoted Bianca versus Rhea Ripley, or maybe Tony Storm, for the Women's Championship at TakeOver Portland. That was a, a very good match. I thought a, a very good show. I think I would give the edge to AEW slightly. I think just the show is kind of hurt by, as I said, just promoting too many things at one time. It's just kind of sporadic, and it doesn't really have a a kind of cohesive feeling to it because there's just so much stuff going on. That being said, I really did like all the stuff that was taking place with Undisputed Era, the attack of Keith Lee, the attack of Ciampa, the DIY reunion, and them getting reunited and the shenanigans that took place on outside a Full Sail Arena. So I definitely think it was a thumbs-up show, but also kind of a uh, weird, awkward show because of all the stuff they're building. Now let's move on to previewing the Worlds Collide show. So far, six matches have been announced. I don't know exactly how long the show is going to be, if more matches will be added on during NXT or NXT UK. But this is what we got right now, and let's just jump into it. On the pre-show just announced today, Mia Yim will take on Kaylee Ray in a singles match. I assume Kaylee Ray will win because she is the UK Women's Champion. Keep her strong. Yeah, Mia Yim. They've been doing some things with her. I think now that Tegan Knox is back, I think maybe they're gonna put the back bur- they're gonna put the Mia Yim Dakota Kai thing on the back burner because obviously Knox and Kai is a hotter feud. So Mia Yim just kind of doing her thing right now. I don't know if maybe she'll turn heel and face Rhea Ripley later on down the line. I think that could be a good move. But in the pre-show, I will go with Kaylee Ray for the victory. Then we got DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa taking on Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate. This match I am very, very excited for. Probably going to be the best match of the night. Uh, On the Wikipedia page, this is listed as the, I mean, I don't know, maybe like the opening match, but I hope it's not. I don't think it will be. I think it will be maybe the semi, nah, probably not the semi-main event. I think the women's match Women's title match will be the semi-main event, but this match will be fantastic. As I said last week, pretty much every big match Tyler Bate is in, he delivers, and this one is no different. I think DIY, it's going to be a fun time seeing them back together. Don't expect any shenanigans. I think it's going to be a straightforward match. I will go with DIY to get the victory here, with Trent Seven probably taking the pin here. I don't exactly know what the feeling or the stakes is for this, for this show in general, is it going to be like Survivor Series where they're keeping count? And if so, maybe I can see, you know, some UK talent. I think that's also another reason why I pick Kaylee Ray's because I just kind of feel that the, I know that I'm a homer, and I think NXT USA might come out on top with a lot more victories here. But I'm very much excited for that match, and it could drain the crowd. The crowd is also going to be interesting to see because it is. A as I kind of talked about earlier, it's not the best draw thus far. Tickets are kind of moving slower compared to a takeover. I think if this was a takeover show, 
it would have been sold out by now. But WWE trying to change some things up, and with TakeOver Portland in February, and then they're going to have TakeOver Tampa Bay in April, there's a lot of big shows for NXT coming up. But moving on, we got the Fatal 4-Way match for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. We got Angel Garza, Isaiah Swerve Scott, uh, Jordan Devlin, and Travis Banks. Now, this match could be very good as well, if given the time. That's a fatal four-way, so there's probably going to be a lot of spots. Angel Garza just won the title, hasn't been doing a whole lot since he won it, so I expect him to continue to be the champion. Uh, maybe Travis Banks could eat the pin here. I know Jordan Devlin just lost it. Uh, Tyler Bate a few weeks ago on Blackpool Takeover. Swerve Scott, he's been eating a lot of, he's been losing a lot recently, so him getting that win in the Noble Contendership match was a big deal, so I don't think they want to beat him there. So I think Travis Banks is kind of the odd man out in this situation, and I think he will take the pin, and Helgarza will retain. Probably will be a good match, but uh, overall, it's the Cruiserweight Championship cruiserweight division i had higher expectations going forward in nxt but i think just because the cruiserweight quote-unquote style is kind of been you know used by everybody now that it's kind of hard for the cruiserweights to stand out unless they just do some absolutely insane moves but should be a lot of fun moving on we got a singles match finn balor taking off taking on Ilya dragonoff i'm completely butchering his first name but I assume Finn Balor will get the victory here. I don't think, especially with him going into that match with Johnny Gargano in Portland, he should win. Dragunov is a young up-and-comer. They are trying to force the comparison between Finn and Dragunov, but I just think it's Finn Balor. He's by far the biggest star on this show. Just put him over. Have a really good match. I'm excited to see what Dra- what Finn Balor can get out of Dragunov. I haven't seen a, a too much of him. I saw him at the Cardiff Takeover, and I thought he was pretty good. But in this match, I think it will be interesting to see what exactly this match could uh, could do, especially if it, in this setup we have here where it's kind of put in between the Cruiserweight match and the women's title match. I don't think it's like, I can see this probably be in the opener, just having Finn come out, you know, have the big entrance, have the big star come out, and just have him win in the end. Next up, we got the NXT Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley taking on Tony Storm. Now, I'm very excited for this match. I'm hoping that they get the time, and if so, this can be maybe the best match of the show. I don't know if it'll top the tag team match, but uh, this will be in contention because I am very high on these two ladies here. Tony Storm, I think she could be just an absolute mega star, top star in the company. And Rhea Ripley, I've been very impressed with what she's been doing thus far. Kind of off to a slow start this year because they haven't really put too much emphasis on her. They're kind of building up her competition. I'm hoping on NXT this week that they have a nice promo, uh, something back and forth with her and Tony. Tony beat Rhea for the NXT UK Women's Championship back at the original Blackpool Takeover. So some history there, maybe Rhea trying to get her uh, revenge. And I think she will, with Rhea just winning it a month ago. I don't think you want her to drop it here, especially with Bianca Belair in waiting in the wings for the Portland show. I just think you have Rhea get the victory here, have a strong back-and-forth match. Don't expect any shenanigans. If so, maybe like Kaylee Ray comes out or something or another, and they can feud back on uh, NXT UK. But I'm hoping just for a straightforward, good, hard-fought match, Andrea will retain. Then, in the presumed 
main event, we have an eight-man tag team match, Imperium, which is Walter, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, and Alexander Wolf takes on the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roderick Strong. Now, this match should be absolutely insane. I don't know exactly how insane it could be, if it's, like, no disqualifications, if, like, it goes off the rails on NXT, because I assume they well, they both tag teams will be in the uh, my, or, sorry, the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So that is also going to be another match that will be on here. And I assume both of these teams, Imperium and Undisputed Era, will lose their match, just because I think it will be kind of awkward for them to wrestle two matches on the same show. So unless they want to like put it in the eight-man tag and winner ends up being the Dusty Rhodes t- Classic, which I guess they could do, but that would just be kind of weird. Uh, so I think the Broserweights will win on their side, and I think the Grizzled Young Vets will win on their side. And if I'm going to do a prediction for that match, I think I'll go with the bro- the Broserweights. I know they've done this many, many times with Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, uh, Ricochet, and Aleister Black, kind of the makeshift tag team winning the Dusty Classic, which kind of devalues the tag team division just because there's so many times that non-tag teams end up winning the tag team tournament. But... Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle are by far the biggest names in this tournament. Just let them win. The Grizzled Young Vets, they're good, but I think if they're not going to do anything right now with Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, put them in a tag team, especially with Undisputed Air, which I think could be a really fun match if you have Red Dragon going up against Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle at TakeOver. That match could be absolutely insane as well. So just kind of looking forward to that. So back to the main event with Imperium and Undisputed Era. I mean, this one, I've been leaning towards NXT USA a lot, so maybe they want to put over NXT UK in the main event. Undisputed Era, they're going to be over like crazy. I know this is kind of an awkward match because both of them are technically heels, but Undisputed Era is going to be the top, the the more favorable team. So, eh. I mean, I I feel as though I want to go with Imperium just because I feel like every single match I've gone with NXT USA besides Kaylee Ray over Mia Yim. So, why not just have Imperium win and maybe we have some sort of big angle at the end? But, I don't know, I mean... I'm not super excited for this show. I will watch it. I don't think I'm going to do a quote-unquote instant analysis recap right after. I'll probably do a recap next week on the next episode of Under the Radar. Uh, And that'll do it for me for today. I said it was going to be a shorter episode. And of course, I still go a half an hour because I won't shut the hell up. But before we leave... You know, I gotta go to the Gmail and see if anybody emailed for a question. And if they, if you were to send me an email question, it would be utrmailbag at gmail.com. Or you can slide in to the Twitter DMs on the Bulletcast or even my own Twitter DMs. That is Brandon Tanguma underscore B-R-A-N-D-O-N-T-A-N-G-U-M-A underscore Twitter or Instagram. Give your boy a follow. And, of course, nobody has sent an email to utrmailbag at gmail.com. But that's okay. Got to keep the gimmick alive. Next week, I start school. Hopefully, this is my last year. And the only class I have is on a Tuesday, so that will kind of clash with my schedule on this show. I'm going to see what what I'm feeling. Maybe I'll do it on a Monday. Maybe on a Wednesday. Maybe I'll do it early morning Tuesday. More than likely, I'll probably do it Monday. But uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. 
and I'm excited. Royal Rumble this weekend. Philip and I will reconvene on Thursday. If you haven't, go and check out the interview Philip did on the Bulletcast feed or on the Bulletcast YouTube channel. We have a video of Philip interviewing Kelly Kelly, former 24 7 champion, currently Barbie Blank. And she talks a little bit about her movie, what she's been doing, the whole idea and what happened with her winning the 24 7 championship from. Uh, shout out Stockton Con. It was a good time. Your boy doesn't really go to comic book conventions all that much, but I did make a purchase. I bought three WWF little vintage diecast cars, a dollar each. I only had like five bucks in my wallet, so I was very limited on what I could buy. And when I noticed that those things were only a dollar, had to scoop them up. So thank y'all very much. And until next time, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>